0: 2 Chronicles chapter 5 beginning with verse 13. But if you have your Bibles or your phone apps, you can go to 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and just hang out there. That's where we're going to be today. But I just want to focus for a moment on verse 13 and 14. Then you can be seated. The trumpeteers and musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang. He is good. His love endures forever. Then, everybody say then. The temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud. And the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Heavenly Father, anoint this word and may your glory fill this temple. Not just today, but every day. Lord, we are expecting a mighty move starting this morning. And carrying us through the prophetic summit. Be with us. Protect our people. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. The title of my message this morning is Shifting the Atmosphere. Shifting the Atmosphere. One of my favorite things to study is the transition between king david and his son solomon because many prophetic words in my life have been about that very transition on more than one occasion in my life trusted prophets have said your father is david he's a man of war you are a man of solomon at first that scared me because i thought they were prophesying a thousand wives into my life (laughs) and uh I'm doing well to keep one happy, but uh, spiritually what that means is you get to reign because your father was one that was willing to be bloodied, and so I stand in the midst of that prophetic word, and in this passage of Scripture today, in St. Chronicles chapter 5, a prophecy has been fulfilled. Solomon has completed the temple It was prophesied to his father And even by his father That he would be the one that would build the temple Even though David fought for it Solomon would get to to build it And the temple is finished And Solomon alerts the people of the nation And all the Levites and the priests To make their way to this newly built relaunched temple and to be in their spot at the right place in the right time doing what they were called to do and expecting God to move in a powerful way. Solomon has the foresight and the wherewithal to bring the different furniture pieces from the tabernacle and different things that were of importance during his father's day to this dedication. And he has done that And everybody is at the right place at the right time The ark is there Although it's not the original ark There are a few things missing Which I find it very interesting When they dedicate the temple You have the two tablets that represent covenant Where God showed up to Moses But what is missing is the golden pot of manna And also Aaron's budding rod It's not in the ark When this temple is dedicated The Bible doesn't say much about that But what I would say is this, the hidden pot of manna represents God's provision and Aaron's rod represents God's power. The tablets represents the covenant that God is the same yesterday, today and forever. So the only thing that was needed at this time in history was the fact that God is a covenant keeping God. See, every generation has to experience God's power and his provision for themselves. It's not enough to rely on what God did yesterday in the area of power and provision. We need a move of God now. This generation needs to feel God's power now. We need to understand for ourselves that God is a God that provides. That's why I believe those two things were missing, because a new generation would have to experience those things for themselves. But the but the covenant the word covenant looks to the past and remembers every time God kept his word because that builds the faith of future generations. So everybody's in their right place at the right time for this very special occasion. The ark is there and the glory cloud falls and the atmosphere has been shifted. I've been obsessed the last few months with the word atmosphere. The word atmosphere means a pervading or surrounding influence or spirit. Meteorology is not the study of weather At one time, I thought that's what it was. It is actually the study of atmospheric pressure, the study of atmospheres. I'm amazed at what meteorologists can accurately predict. Recently, our friends in Kentucky were devastated by a tornado that killed many. And as we were making our way back from Cancun, we saw a shift in weather here in Chattanooga where It's 73 and then people wake up the next morning and there's snow on the ground. We serve a mighty God, El Elohim. You have all of this at your disposal. How can you question God or believe that he doesn't exist? Forecasters can accurately predict the moving of clouds and strange formation days in advance of when a storm will hit. They can tell where tornadoes are forming. They can even predict what neighborhoods might be the most affected. Some places have more storms than others. We talked to some of the people who worked at the resort we stayed in Cancun, and they said, don't come here in September. Storms are bad. If you come back, come in December, that's the time to go, or come in November. Don't come in September. It rains the whole time. Same thing in the Caribbean and Dominican Republic. There are certain times you don't go because they have hurricanes and tornadoes and bad storms. Certain places are more likely to get affected by winds than others. They predict what movement will happen in the atmosphere causing atmospheric pressure at the earth's surface. This is called the jet stream. They study jet streams. So what we learn from science is that pressure affects atmosphere. Atmosphere affects the climate. Atmosphere can cause a shift in the weather pattern. As human beings, it is about what we see, feel, or think. What we see in the natural eye is important, but what we see with our faith eyes, with kingdom vision, Is of the utmost importance What we feel has to do with our emotions Circumstances and our outlook What we think is what governs our mind That's why you hear me constantly preaching about the mind Because if I can get your mind right You'll be prepared for whatever the enemy throws at you You Can't place a value on a strong mind A kingdom mind The Bible says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. It says, set your mind, not on earthly things, but on things above in Colossians. It is important what you allow in your mind and what governs your mind. If depression governs your mind, that's what you'll have. If negativity governs your mind, that's what you'll have. If a quitting spirit governs your mind, that's what you'll have. If you are limited in the mind as to who you are and what you can be, that's where you'll stay. But if you allow God to shift your mind, you can have what the Bible says you can have. What about the kingdom of God? It's interesting to me in our text, and I didn't read it all to you, but I wanna hit some high points. On Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, which obviously is in the fall, but for those of us who live in the United States of America, January is the beginning of new things. And here's what it says. "'When all the work Solomon had done for the temple of the Lord was finished, "'he brought in the things his father David had dedicated, "'the silver and gold and all the furnishings. "'He had placed them in the treasuries of God's temple. "'Then Solomon summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel, "'all the heads of the tribes and the chiefs of the Israelite families.' to bring up the Ark of the Lord's Covenant from Zion, the city of David, and all the Israelites came together to the king at the time of the festival in the seventh month. When all the elders of Israel had arrived, the Levites took up the Ark. They brought it up, and the tent of meeting and all the sacred furnishings in it were placed in the most holy place. The Levitical priests carried them up and King Solomon and the entire assembly of Israel that had gathered about him were before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and cattle that they could not be recorded or counted. Somebody say offering. Offering. So the priest brought the ark into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and put it beneath the wings of the cherubim. It goes on to say in verse 11, the priest then withdrew from the holy place. All the priests who were there had consecrated themselves regardless of their divisions. All the Levites who were musicians, Asaph, Heman, Jeduthun, and their sons and relatives stood on the east side of the altar dressed in fine linen, playing cymbals, harps, and lyres. They were accompanied by 120 priests sounding trumpets. The trumpeters and musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang again. He is good. His love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord Filled the temple of God This was the same cloud that covered Israel In the wilderness This was the same cloud that God spoke from To Moses and the people of Israel in Exodus It's the same cloud that stood By the tabernacle As they were waiting to enter into their promised land This was the same cloud in Ezekiel's vision It was the same cloud that came upon A young teenage girl And said you will give birth to a Messiah It was the same cloud That was at the transfiguration of Jesus It was the same cloud when he ascended on high and said I'll not leave you orphans and it will be the same cloud according to Revelation chapter 1 verse 7 that will be present when Jesus comes back (laughs) defeats the enemy once and for all and takes his people up with him that glory cloud is available to us through the power of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 they were all in one accord on the day of Pentecost suddenly a sound came blowing a mighty rushing wind from heaven came and filled the whole house where they were sitting, atmosphere, shifting the atmosphere. I was saddened like many of you at the passing of Sidney Poitier, the famous African-American actor that pioneered change in our country. And I was listening to past interviews from Sidney over the weekend, and they kept asking him this question, why you? How, how did you change the culture? How, how were you the first African-American to win a, an Oscar and a Grammy? How, how were you able to change people with your gift of acting? And Sidney Poitier said something that with this message on my heart just kept shaking me. He said, well, I was the right person at the right place at the right time and the culture was ready for a change. Oh, my friend, I can't emphasize enough how important being where you are supposed to be at the right time will position you for God's favor, position you for your destiny. I'm a country music fan, and I I love Garth Brooks. Kelly and I have seen him so many times because he tricked everybody after he'd been in retirement 14 years raising his girls we thought we'd never see him in concert and then he came out in 2017 and he was going to do this stadium tour so he got everybody to buy tickets and then he's continued to do them and sell out stadiums but I'm interested to learn the backstory of Garth's journey from Oklahoma to Nashville the first time he went to Nashville he went 24 hours People from Oklahoma had put up enough money because they believed in Garth so much in his gift, they raised the money to send him to Nashville to chase his dream. And when he got to Nashville, he was so intimidated, he turned around and went home. He quit on his dream. And he thought the people that had given him the money would be so mad at him. And he said that the primary investor of his dream, he finally ran into him after he'd hid from him a month. And he said that investor looked at him and said, I understand that, but when are you going back? And so he went back to Nashville. Things didn't happen immediately. He worked the bar rooms and and played wherever he could play. He was turned down by seven record labels, seven record labels. The man that agreed to manage Garth took a second on his house to start his own company because he believed in Garth, but they had no sign of success ahead of them. After being turned down by seven record companies, he was the seventh act at the Bluebird Cafe one night. The top acts, the first, second, and third, were reserved for people who actually had potential to get a record deal. And so he was picked seventh that night because they didn't think he had anyone there to hear him sing. What just so happened, the person who was singing second was late in traffic. So they moved Garth from seventh to second. And he did what Garth does, connected. And there was a man in the audience from Capitol Records who had turned him down, who looked to his manager and said, I think we've made a mistake. And the rest is history. The number one solo artist of all genres of all times, Garth Brooks. What are you trying to tell us? Number one, be there be there. He could have been in his apartment with his wife and baby crying as a failure, given up, defeated that he was seventh on the list at the Bluebird Cafe, that seven record labels had turned him down, but no, he was in the right place at the right time and God's favor came upon him. Same thing when we talk about the dedication of the newly built temple by Solomon. The priests and the Levites and the elders of Israel were all at their post doing what they were gifted and called to do. And the favor of God came on that temple and the glory cloud entered into the atmosphere. You got to be there. You got to find a place to serve in your church. You've got to find what God's called you to do and be in the kingdom of God and go do that. You are worthy because the blood of Jesus makes you worthy. You cannot listen to negative voices. You have to be there, number one. The Bible says of those who are faithful in Psalm 92 that the righteous will flourish like a palm tree, like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of God. There's something that happens when you make a decision to be faithful whether it feels good or not. Something shifts the atmosphere when you decide to be in the right place at the right time doing what God called you to do. So first, you must be there in spirit. In spirit, what does that mean? That means we need to come without anger, resentment, or unforgiveness. We need to come without any fear of entanglement. We need to come without any bitterness or envy. When we come before the Lord and into God's house, we need to come without any Gossip or hang-ups that haven't been dealt with. We need to come in to the temple of the Lord with the right spirit. We need to come without any concern except for the things that concern Almighty God. So we must be there, number one, in spirit, number two, in service. Everybody say in service. In the text, it says the people in the sanctuary begin to praise God. And lift his name. They were determined to be an effective church family. To be together, this takes effort, teaching, and training, and unity. Less than 25% of people in many churches faithfully support their church with tithes and offerings on a consistent basis. Fewer than 25% serve the church with their time and their talent. The church serves a multi-fold purpose in the kingdom of God. Not only are we to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, we ought to be helping people. We ought to be helping people. In other words, everybody has something they can do that they were called to do. In order for the church to help people, the church must have resources to do so. Money is just one thing. Your time and your talent, those things matter to God. And you can put those things to use in the kingdom of God. There must be an atmosphere of unified service in the kingdom of God. Every time the doors open, it's a can't miss opportunity. Everybody say that, can't miss. It's a can't miss opportunity. It's not just something you attend, it's something you serve if you're saved. So let me ask you this, have you found a place in God's church? Have you found a place to serve? Christian, what area are you serving? You must be in the right place at the right time doing what God has called and gifted you to do. So we must be there in spirit, in service, third in song. I tell you, if you don't like to worship, heaven is going to be a problem for you. We've got to shift you. And I know some of you are like me. I'll be honest, I'm a word guy. And over the years, I've had to change and become a worshiper because I just want to get to the message. I like preaching, man. I can listen to preaching till I bore Kelly to death. I love preaching, man. I've always loved preaching. I get the most out of preaching. But worship is what moves God's heart. It's what brings intimacy. It's what brings the glory cloud into our atmosphere. And we must be worshipers of the king of all kings. It says, as the people praised God, the house was filled with a cloud. They entered in with the spirit of worship, and here's the key. They expected God to show up. They expected God to show up. In their excellence, in their attendance, In their mindset, I mean, they expected God to move. They did not come in to simply see their friends. They didn't come in to check off the dedication box. We've dedicated the new building. They came to worship and serve at their place. We should be expecting the Lord of glory to fill this place every time we show up. It ought to be a can't miss opportunity. We've got to lift up our voices and praise the king of all kings. He is worthy to be praised. We gotta be there in spirit. We gotta be there, my friend, in service, in song. Oh, and finally, in spite of your pain. It's hard for me to tell this story and I've never told it here. And I'm going to embarrass her and she's going to be mad at me for a week. I'll never forget when Sue Adcock, who's a partner with me and a second mother to me, lost her daughter tragically. Just graduated MTSU, always made better grades than her brother and I did. Did everything right, about to be married, house, wonderful job, catches a rare disease, a disease, in fact, is very similar to what we call COVID now. And I had to preach that funeral, one of the hardest funerals I've done to date. And I can remember for the first year after Ashley died, we'd be ministering, and Sue would come down and she would say, I hurt. I don't want to be here. I don't feel like being here, but I'm here. But I'm here. That has stuck with me, Sue, for years. Because I don't know if I could be here if I went through what you did. But you moved me because she said, you know, I don't feel it. I'm hurt, but I'm here because I'm a person of faith. Uh, sometimes you gotta be there in spite of your pain. Sometimes you gotta show up when you don't feel like it. Sometimes you gotta show up when you might even be mad at God. You got to show up. Be in the right place at the right time to prepare yourself for future blessings. We need to set the atmosphere for the supernatural to take place today and every day we gather here. Come expecting, come with the right spirit. The Lord responds to our faith, but he also responds to our faithfulness. Faithfulness moves God's hand. Worship moves his heart, but faithfulness moves his hand. When you're faithful over a few things, God will make you a ruler over many. Your words don't move God, your faith does. Music doesn't move God, your heart does. You gotta understand what moves his heart and what moves his hand. So number one, be there. Number two, expect him to meet you there. Expect him to meet you there. Positive expectation brings about A genuine manifestation Let me say that again for those in the back Positive expectation brings about A genuine manifestation You're going to have what you expect to have What did you come to expect this morning What do you expect from God This week at the prophetic summon Do you expect to hear a word That's going to propel you into the year Or into your future What do you expect to get from God Did you come expecting the Lord to show up Do you expect God to move on your behalf? Do you expect to feel the presence of the Lord when you come to church? Do you expect God to deliver your lost loved ones? Do you expect God to reveal himself to you in a supernatural, in a special way? Did you come expecting God to speak to your condition? Did you come expecting God to set you free, deliver you, or heal you? What did you come expecting God to do? You have to have the right expectation if you want the glory cloud in your life. If you want the Holy Ghost to move in your life, if you want God to move on your behalf, you have to have the right expectation. Number three, we got to set the atmosphere. Everybody say that with me, set the atmosphere. It's important. How do we do that? There is a supernatural element that is set into motion when people of faith expect something extraordinary to happen. God will respond to a people who believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Seek means to pursue passionately. If you want God, you've got to seek him. If you want a mantle, you've got to pursue it. More on that Saturday night. You want something, you got to go after it. It's not going to hit you on top of the head, fall from the sky. You've got to pursue what it is you want. You've got to set the atmosphere. You enter in with no limitations. You set the atmosphere in motion. You shift the atmosphere. Like the woman with the alabaster box, when she poured that oil on Jesus and she gave her best, she shifted the atmosphere. And even though the disciples didn't get it because they partnered with the wrong word, instead of partnering with this experience, heaven got it, she got it, and most importantly, Jesus got it. Yes, yes. Rahab was a woman of the night, but God used her. And she's mentioned in the Faith Hall of Fame. Paul persecuted the church, murdered Christians, but God used him. David committed the worst of sins, lost a child because of it, but then God gave him Solomon. Who had finished the temple? God restores, and God will use anybody that wants to be used. Anybody that'll get real with God. Mary Magdalene was filled with demons, messed up, but became the best friend of Jesus Christ. God will use you. But you have to do something to shift the atmosphere, you have to set the atmosphere. There's no limit to what God can do when we do something that shifts the atmosphere. How do we do that? Well, first, through worship. Everybody say worship. Worship. Yes, through faith, but also worship. When you kiss toward, when you have intimacy with God, it shifts the atmosphere. Through faith, yes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Faith shifts things, but worship shifts things. Also, prayer You want to shift the atmosphere? Why don't we pray? Have we become so satisfied that we have no need for God's wisdom, his provision, his word, his grace? We've got to make our way back to the altars. Prayer calls it. We've got to become people of prayer. I pray that we haven't become so righteous that we have no need to hear from God in this season. I pray that we haven't reached a place in our culture that God only needs to speak to those kinds of people. We need to cry out for a word from Almighty God. We need to yearn for a visitation from Him and His angels, a mighty move that shifts things again. We need to cry out to God for a move if we want to receive a move and a touch from God. And once we've done all of that, Be there. Expect God to meet you there. Set the atmosphere. Now you have to allow God to shift you. Number four Revival starts with you. Say that. Revival starts with me and pat yourself. Revival starts with me. God's waiting on you. You're not waiting on Him, He is here. Revival starts with you. That's it. What do you see when you look at the kingdom? What do you see when you look at your church? Do you see the vision God has placed over the church? Is every ministry operating under the vision of the church? It should be. Or do we look at the church or the kingdom through worldly glasses? We need a shift. What does God see when he looks at the kingdom and when he looks at the church? God sees the people that he is empowered Through the gift of the Holy Spirit God sees the people that he is expecting To do great and mighty things in the marketplace And in the kingdom in his name That's what God sees You must allow God to shift you You have to set the atmosphere But in order to do that You have to allow God to shift you You have to go to another level Oh, I feel the rain of the Lord coming on this house. Hallelujah. There's a cloud moving. There's atmospheric pressure, amen. And the weather's shifting, hallelujah. There is a shift that must take place. I believe it starts today. I believe what's gonna happen this morning inside of you is going to prepare Us for the week ahead, but also propel you into kingdom destiny. You say, "What does that look like?" I really don't know. It may look like you weeping at the altar praying. It may look like you partnering up with one of the pastors that'll be here for prayer. It it may look like you going to the kiosk and sowing a seed. It may look like you laying hands on somebody sitting beside you. It may look like you being filled with the Holy Ghost. It may look like you getting on your phone and making things right with someone you've held a grudge against. I I don't know what it looks like for every person in this room. I'm not gonna pretend through the manipulation tactics to get you to do something, but I know something needs to shift and I know everyone needs to shift. So it may look different from one to another, but I know God's about to shift things. But it starts with us seeing what God sees. When we look at the kingdom, when we look at God's people, when we look at God's children, we look at God's church, we have to see what God sees. We have to have the same vision for the church that God does and the pastor does. We have to set the atmosphere of worship, and that starts with you. This is an atmosphere here at Abba's house, an atmosphere where the Spirit of God is released in its fullness. That's why you feel different in here. That's why for some of you that have been here a long time, I don't mind you occasionally going to another church because I know you're going to come back appreciating the atmosphere because we don't get it all right here, but we get atmosphere right. We get atmosphere right. And there is something different as we stand on the shoulders of saints that have gone before us as we stand on Scripture underneath this carpet. You're standing on top of Scripture's. The word of God in this powerful place. And there's a difference. That's why miracles have happened here. That's why souls have been saved and lives have been changed. And marriages have been put back together and to strengthened. And children have been raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord for seventy plus years because there's something different here. This is not about a man. It's about a King. That's what God sees, and it starts with you. If you need to be saved this morning You have to allow God to shift you What does it mean to be saved? It means you get to a place Where you accept God's free gift of grace Admit that you're a sinner And ask him to come into your heart Once and for all Just say Lord I'm a sinner in need of a savior I believe you died for my sins Come into my heart and save me But that's going to require a shift on your part If you need healing this morning Take a faith chance Allow somebody to pray for you Somebody say shift. If you need to forgive someone, allow God to shift you. If you aren't serving at your right place, come on, somebody. If you're not serving, allow God to shift you. Allow God to shift you in the area of confidence and conviction. Maybe you don't have the confidence to serve. Start somewhere. If you've never been to a prophetic release, and you're nervous about this week, allow God to shift you. Show up Thursday night, just see what God wants to do. I promise you, you're gonna get a word, gonna mess you up in a good way. The key is don't stay where you are. Be an atmosphere changer, not a spiritual hindrance. See, when that precious woman dumped that oil on Jesus, Judas chose to be a hindrance. She chose to be an atmosphere changer and a kingdom shaker. That choice is yours this morning. What are you going to do? Who are you going to be? And what are you going to believe God for? Would you stand on your feet? I'm going to have some pastors come down front. I believe Pastor Ken has chosen a few of you to come down and help us this morning. If you would, you just come down to the front. And I've asked them to be available if you need to be saved, if you wanna join the church, they'll take you over to next steps. But if you need to bypass them and come behind them and make an altar out of this place, they'll move and just tell them, I'm good, I just need to get to the altar. If you need partnership, they're there to pray with you, to lead you to the Lord, pray for your healing, whatever it may be, they'll do it. But maybe you don't need that, maybe you need to come by them and just lay here and weep for a while. This team's got worship. We're going to worship God because we know that shifts the atmosphere. So that's the first thing we want to do. If you prayed to receive Christ or you need healing, or you need ministry. That's the first thing we want to do. Second thing we want you to do is we want you to enter into a time of prayer for this week. But first things first, can we start right here? If you need ministry, if you need a shift, would you make your way to the altar this morning? Heavenly Father, I anoint and ordain this time. I've been obedient to what you said. Lord, We are demanding and expecting a shift. We expect it, we believe it, and we know you're the God of it. So Lord, shift us where we need to be shifted. Move us where we need to be moved. I declare boldness, Holy Ghost anointing, change in thinking, miracle working power, devil defeating Words being released in the atmosphere. New destinies being unveiled. (laughs) New life in Jesus Christ being made manifest. If you need ministry, you come now before we enter into prayer.